Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 20th of December 2009, entitled Peace on Earth Part 2, and the Bible reading is taken from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8 and reading down through verse 14. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill. Toward men. For those that were here this morning, we began looking at this passage in verse 14 with the simple thought of peace on earth. The multitude said, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Of course, we said that as we look around the world, and sometimes we don't have to look very far, even past our own cities and our own communities, sometimes we would wonder, where is this peace? We see that often men are fighting over things that they, sometimes the ones that are fighting don't even really know what they're fighting for. We may begin to wonder, well, when that multitude said, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, I mean, was that real? If the entrance of Jesus Christ into the flesh and this earth, if it brought with it a message of peace on earth, then where is that peace and how can we find it? And of course, not only peace on a level of when we think of nations against nations and people against people, but even that peace within ourselves, within our own hearts seems that sometimes there's just so many things and, and circumstances just, just kind of take hold of us and we don't feel a whole lot of peace within our hearts and we can sometimes feel that we're just being pulled in so many different directions. And so again, we would say, well, where is this peace that was proclaimed when Jesus Christ entered this world? Well, this morning we looked at the first thought in this message on the peace that is promised to you. And we looked at a number of things, but we looked at the fact of the reality of this peace, not just some feeling that comes and goes, but only because of the entrance of Jesus Christ into this world, only because of that can we know and experience peace with God. Because each of us in our sinful states were enemies with God. 
But we looked at how because of the Lord Jesus Christ that we could have peace with God. But then we also talked about the fact of not just having peace with God, but knowing the peace of God in our own hearts. We talked about that passage in Isaiah that said, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. And we looked at the passage that said, and let the peace of God rule in our hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. And so this peace is something that we, we looked at and we talked about a number of things of the reality of it. But I want to move on this evening to not only as we think of the peace that was promised to us, but also the power to provide that peace for you. Our passage again said, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. May I remind you that this peace that is accompanied by or tied to God's goodwill. We said that this goodwill toward men, that this is a sovereign act on God's part towards you and I as human beings. And it's only because of God's act towards you and I that we can experience that peace, His good favor, His grace that comes to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. In Isaiah 26, 3, where we looked at that verse about keeping in perfect peace, the very first word in that verse is the word thou. And the word thou, thou is speaking of Jehovah God himself. The Bible is teaching us that it is Jehovah God, the creator and holder of all power that is responsible for keeping us in perfect peace. Thou. Jehovah God will keep him in perfect peace. It's God that gives us that peace in the first place, and it's God that will keep us in the place of that peace. You see, this peace that we're talking about is something that is impossible for you or anyone else to produce yourself. And it's something that no one else nor anything else in all the world can give to you. It is a gift from God Himself. Solely by His grace, it's yours. Not because you deserve it, but because God loves you so very much. And it is God Himself that has the power to keep it. You see, so many times within ourselves, the problem is, that inner peace seems to come and go because we are struggling ourselves and trying all these different things to keep it when in fact it is the very God that gave us that peace that is the one that will keep us in that place, that peace that passeth all understanding. It doesn't even make sense in the circumstances and the problems and the difficulties and, and the things that I'm going through, I shouldn't be feeling peace. But we can know that peace because God himself will keep us there. You see, this peace was a promise to you. The power to provide that peace is God himself. But we notice also the price that was paid 
for your peace so that every one of you here this evening can not just look around and wonder where that peace is, but can genuinely in your life experience the peace that was the message that accompanied Jesus Christ into this world. You see, God loved you so much that he paid a great price so that you can experience and know that peace. Remember, in all the passages we looked at, that it's the glory goes to him. All the glory is him. That was the message that came, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20, the word of God says, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, speaking of the one that when he entered this world, brought with it that message of peace on earth. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him, the Lord Jesus Christ, to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in heaven or things in earth. We talked this morning about this reconciliation. If we were to have peace with God, then there was a reconciliation that must take place because it is our sins, each and every one of us, that makes us an enemy of God. But Jesus Christ came that we might be reconciled. And the Bible says here that the price that he paid so that you could be reconciled to God so that your sins would no longer be a barrier to that peace with God was his own blood on the cross of Calvary. And I don't know if you noticed in the terms of that verse, it says, having made peace, already done, already finished, a job complete. Jesus Christ has made peace, literally established harmony through the blood of his cross. The tense that is due here means that it was a done deal, as we were saying. It's done. It's finished. It happened at a specific point in time, but it was a once-for-all act, a permanent act that was accomplished that has lasting results forever. The angels announced the peace that would be possible by an act of God because when Christ came as a babe in the manger. He came for the express purpose to live that 33 and a half years, a life that you and I could not live, a life without sin, so that he could then offer himself as the sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, the only sufficient sacrifice to shed his blood to pay for our sins. That was the price that was made because as long as your sins are there, again, we looked at this morning of the fact that Peace with God and the peace of God goes hand in hand with justification. Being justified, being able to stand before God just as if you had never sinned. That can only take place because the great price was paid on Calvary to reconcile you to God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 to 21 the Word of God says, For as much as ye know 
that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Now, folks, this is really almost beyond what our simple, finite, mortal little minds can, can even begin to comprehend. The Bible says that before the very foundation of this world, God's plan was already in place that your sins could be forgiven because God knew that we would fail. And remember, sometimes we like to brush sin aside. We like to cover it over. We like to pretend. We like to think that, well, you know, I'm not such a bad person in comparison to old so-and-so over there. Well, you may not be a bad person in comparison to the rest of the world. But what the Bible says is that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, it's only in our comparison with God. And the truth is, is that all the horror and sin, all the battles and the fighting and the wars and the horrible things that we see around us is a result of man's fall in the Garden of Eden. It's a result of sin. Those here at Bethel will know that I've said many, many times that you could be the most godly, moral person that's ever walked this earth except for Jesus Christ himself, but it only took one sin, and that was a sin of disobedience in the Garden of Eden that brought with it this thing called death because not only have all sinned and come short of the glory of God, but the wages of sin is death. Death entered this world along with sin. If God allowed you into heaven with the tiniest sin that's ever been committed, but it wasn't under the blood of Christ, heaven would no longer exist. It would become another fallen, sinful place, just like the one that you and I live in today. But because of Jesus Christ, God had a plan. And his plan was sufficient. And he loved you enough that he was willing to pay the price that you as an individual, you can experience and know both that peace that you can have with God of knowing that there is no obstacles between you and your creator and the peace of God in your heart. That regardless of circumstances and situations, your burdens, your trials, your temptations, all of those things, the peace of God can still rule in your heart. In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, an instruction was being given there to those who would stand in this pulpit as I stand here tonight. And he said, take heed therefore unto yourselves. And to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he, the Lord Jesus Christ, hath purchased with his own blood. Those things that we do. In other words, a warning was be given to anyone that would stand and feed God's flock to be careful what you're doing. Because 
Jesus Christ loved each and every one of those individuals so much that he gave his life and paid for it with his own blood. The price has been paid, and it is sufficient. I love what John wrote when he wrote in 1 John, and he was speaking there to believers. And he's proclaiming the wonderful good news of what Jesus Christ means to us as believers. But aren't you glad that he said that he was a propitiation? And that's, that's a word my people know. I love that word, <laughs> the propitiation. He says, for not our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. In other words, when Jesus Christ paid the sacrifice on Calvary, there wasn't a shortage of blood. There wasn't a shortage in that sacrifice to be sufficient to cover your sins. We find that the Bible says it's not God's will that any should perish. This evening, if you're here, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and His finished work, then I would encourage you to allow this to be the greatest Christmas that you've ever experienced to know a peace with God that you've never experienced before and to know the peace of God that rules in your life. No, it's not a perfect world. <laughs> and because that you become a Christian doesn't make you a perfect person. And life doesn't just suddenly become a bed of roses and all the problems disappear. But there's a peace that comes with knowing. Remember, as we looked there this morning, and we'll look back there again, I want to draw your attention back to that passage again in Isaiah 26, 3. What must you do this evening in order to possess that peace? You see, there is a proviso, a stipulation, a condition in order for you to possess it. The proviso to possess that peace for yourself that he spoke of when they said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Again, the glory is God's. It's him that's doing the acting on your part. But there was a condition made. We read that verse this morning in Isaiah 26, 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. You see, God gives you this peace and will keep you in that perfect peace if your mind is stayed on him. And your mind can only stay on him if you trust in him. Look first at the because, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Because that's where it begins. And the mind that is stayed on him can only come as a result of the trusting in him. Why does man obtain this perfect peace of God? The perfect peace comes, first of all, because 
He truly and genuinely trusts in God. We can go back and we can look at the, in the Old Testament, the patriarch Abraham in Genesis 15, 6, the Bible says, and he, speaking of Abraham, believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Now, folks, that's the story of Abraham's success. Abraham believed God and it was counted, it was reckoned, it was put to his account as his righteousness. No one has ever or will ever be justified any other way. And remember, in the very beginning of this sermon, we pointed out that it is this justification that goes hand in hand with the peace of God. And outside of trusting in God, there is no other access to it. May I read to you from Romans chapter 3, beginning in verse 19, he says, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law. Why? That every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God, so that we can know our sinfulness. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. There's nothing we can do. There's no works to accomplish that justification that we need. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. God's law lets us know what sin is and that we are a sinner. He says, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. We're told very simply and very clearly that no human being will ever be justified by keeping the law but that it can only come through faith in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith. You've heard me say many times, faith is the only road, it's the only avenue, it's the only access that we have to get to God's grace. The grace is what saves us, and the only way that we can get there is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 4, verse 3 and 3 to 5 says, For if Abraham was justified by works, he asked whereof to glory, but not before God. Or if he'd been able to do it himself, then he'd have something to brag about, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, 
His faith is counted for righteousness. Galatians chapter 3, verses 24 to 26, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that, faith is come. We are no longer under a schoolmaster, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. The first step that every human being must take in order to experience the peace that was promised upon the arrival of Jesus Christ to this earth is trusting God, believing Him. Faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. However, the peace with God that comes with placing our faith in the finished work of Christ is is not the only peace that we're talking about here. But that peace that comes when Christ is living and dwelling in your heart. You see, not only do we see that this perfect peace comes because he trusted in God, but whose mind is stayed on God. This mind that is stayed on God and this trusting in God, they're inseparable. If you really, really, truly, genuinely trust God, then you can keep your mind stayed on Him. You see, the word stayed here literally means to lean upon, to rest upon, to be supported by something. An unbelieving mind about God's willingness to help with our problems to help with those struggles, those temptations, those burdens, those circumstances, whatever it is, the stealing away your peace. The Word of God is telling us that if, if we'll fix our minds on the Lord, if we'll lean on Him for our help, we can count on His perfect peace. Now, I ask you a very simple question this evening as we think upon this Christmas message Do you really believe that today? Do you really believe that you can have that kind of peace? And are you experiencing that kind of peace in your life? Are you looking at the problems? Are you looking at the Lord? Is the peace of God what is ruling in your heart? Or all these turmoils, these difficulties, is that what's in charge right now? Are you looking within yourself? to find whatever the obstacle is that is taking away your peace or are you looking somewhere else or at someone else? You know what the truth is, is there's always going to be something in someone else that you can stay your mind upon if you really choose to. We are all such imperfect beings and no matter how much we love and no matter how much we care, we'll let people down. And you know what? No matter how much others care about you, others will let you down. Even with all of the very best intentions in all the world, each and every one of us are sinners. Though hopefully, Most of you here this evening are sinners that are saved by the grace of God. You know, I would not intentionally let any one of you down, but with all the greatest efforts in the world, 
I can assure you, if you hang around long enough, I will. Somewhere along the way, in some way, I'll let you down, though I'd never do it intentionally. The trouble is, if you allow your mind to be stayed upon the failures of yourself or the failures of others around you, it's your peace that's going to be lost. Well, thank God that your peace with God is there and no one nor anything can take that from you. But the peace of God needs to rule in your life. It was made possible because of Jesus Christ. But you must keep your mind stayed upon Him if you want it to be a reality in your life. James said in James chapter 1, verse 8, that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't let your mind drift. Don't let your mind be stayed upon your problems, upon the failures on others. But let your mind be stayed upon the Lord this evening. The psalmist said in Psalm 1 verse 2, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. Well, that's a good place to start. So often, when that peace has seemingly left you, one of the first things so often that goes is our time that we spend with the Lord. Sometimes it's easier to spend that time with Him when things are going well, but when things are bad, we just don't feel like reading our Bible right now. We just don't feel like praying right now. But you see, we need to keep our minds stayed on Him. He'll give you that perfect peace. But can I ask you again this evening, do you really, do you believe that? Do you believe that God was just filling pages there, or do you believe that you can experience His perfect peace if your mind is stayed upon Him and if you trust in Him? We need to train our minds not to drift to all the different things that can take us away, but to train our minds to go to the Lord and to go to His Word. And when trouble strikes, to run straight to Him, to keep our minds stayed upon Him. You know, mankind has been in search of that perfect peace ever since the fall of man in the garden. Unfortunately, he's often seeking to obtain that peace in his own way, in his own strength, and without God. The problem is, that'll never work. If your flesh or Satan himself can divert your attention away from the Lord and onto others and how they've let you down, they can divert your attention to, own, to all the problems that you're facing in your life right now, even if he can divert your attention onto the world's methods of dealing with those problems and obtaining that peace. Anything to keep you from staying your mind upon the Lord and trusting Him to deal with it. Truth is, when that happens, you've lost. If your mind goes anywhere else, you'll never find that perfect peace in those other places. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee
because he trusteth in thee. In conclusion this evening, can I ask you honestly this evening, are you troubled in some way today? Are you searching for that peace within that you just don't, you just don't feel it, you just don't know it right now? Well, may I ask you, where have you been searching to find that peace? It will only come when you fully, truly, wholeheartedly trust in the Lord. I'm not talking about just trusting Him to save you. I'm talking about trusting Him to deal with every area of your life, whatever that it is. Do you really believe that nothing is impossible with God? This peace can only come when that trust is there. First of all, if you're here this evening and you're an unbeliever, well, don't feel bashful. There's not a human being here that is not either there now or has been there in the past. And if you're here this evening and you've never trusted in Him for your sins to be forgiven, for you to be put at peace with God, for that obstacle of sin to be removed, you're here this evening and you've never done that, well, then I would invite you this evening. You can have peace with God this evening if you'll trust Him, trust in the finished work of Calvary. And secondly, for those of you here this evening that you're a believer, you know, you know that you've been born again. You know that your sins have been covered by the blood of Christ. As a believer, when you truly trust in Him to work in your life and to meet every need that you have, whatever that it might be, is your mind truly stayed upon Him this evening? You see, that peace for which maybe you're searching right now, may I say that's what Christmas is all about. That was the message that was given when Jesus Christ came to this earth and He came, that you might have that peace, that you may be put at peace with God and that you may know the peace of God in your own heart. He paid the full price for your peace. Romans 5.1 said, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way. One of the children wearing their T-shirts, I am the way. Jesus is the one that said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Whatever, whatever is robbing you of your peace today, this evening, will you trust the Lord with it? Will you truly stay your mind upon Him and trust Him completely with it? If you're a lost person that your sins can be forgiven, will you trust Him for your salvation? Christian, will you trust Him with your problem, not just everybody else's? 
But with what's troubling you right now, will you trust the Lord with it? Will you leave here this evening determined to let the peace of God rule in your heart? Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Father, we thank you so much, Lord. We thank you for this evening. We thank you, Lord, for these children, these young people, for the part that they've played in being a blessing to us. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the message of Christmas. And Father, though, as we look around, we may not see the realities of that peace in this world. But Lord, we know that we will one day. Lord, we can know that peace that came with Christ only because of him, that we can be at peace with you, and that we can know your peace in our lives and our hearts. Lord, I just commit to you each and every individual here this evening. You know their lives. You know their needs. Father, if there's something in their life that they need to deal with this day, I pray, Lord, that this day, Lord, before that that opportunity has passed them by, that they would deal with it and they could leave here this evening with that perfect peace in their hearts. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. 